Hi, I'm Mike. I'm Josh. I'm Dave. Uh, this is Josh again. And this is Does It Suck Now? Now? <laughs> what about now? <laughs> So for the inaugural episode of Does It Suck Now, we're <laughs> asking ourselves, does the movie Kroll from 1983 suck now? It doesn't. That's what I'm telling you right now. It does uh, not well, suck. I, it's also based off of did it suck then, which is an even deeper question. Well, well, true. I, I think like we're... My childhood. <laughs> well, I think the whole Wait. premise of this is we saw these movies when we were young impressionable kids and a lot less sucks when you're a kid when you see things for the first time so now Very we true. are seeing it uh some you know since night well i haven't seen it since probably 1985 but i have <laughs> Lord knows i have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no i've i've definitely it's been double oh, digit the amount of times i've seen that movie <laughs> we had it on the video cassette where you had like seven movies remember yeah, that? yeah that's right exactly I watched yeah. it a lot. It also had one of the coolest like covers of a VHS tape. Um, oh. It was just very like up my alley. So it was one that and another one called Dragon Slayer. I just rented all the time when I was a kid. This haiku describing the movie <laughs> was inspired by the Comcast description. <clears throat> Razor boomerang flies through air and slices stuff. Freeze woman from beast. Yeah, so I, this is one of my biggest notes that I circled. I was going to like the, so the boomerang's biggest move that it does are two things. It gives the like beast a little boo-boo on its arm. And it also <laughs> takes like four hours to cut through a rubber wall when like, like his it wasn't friends rubber, are in data. So can I correct well, you first? It's not called Please. the boomerang. It's called the glaive. G-L-I. Yeah, the glaive. Yeah, because you can't just call a boomerang a boomerang because that would be <laughs> ridiculous, right? Oh wait, so, so my what, number one. What's Prince's name? What's his name? Eighties uh, uh, Chris Pratt. Colwyn, yes. So yeah. Colwyn, the uh, our protagonist, is played by Ken Marshall. In the movie, is uh, sort of like Randy Quaid ish. Not Randy Quaid. Dude, I'm sorry. Eighties Chris Pratt. Who's the other Quaid? Dennis of, Quaid. He's like Dennis Quaid. There's a lot of uh, Mark Hamill in this performance. It has to be said first. We don't have oh, to like discuss absolutely. it, but it's all over. Like from like the golly G, like, could I be the chosen one? Like how he's just supremely confident at all times, except when there's actual danger. And then he just kind of hides. The beginning of the movie, we have. Yeah, it's, I have all the, all the notes in chronological order. Um, okay. Of of the rock ship, which is totally Star Wars. Even though this movie was in production in 1980, but did not come out until 83, so I don't know how much lap over there was with Star Wars. I can sort of fill this in. Yeah, so this movie basically they went to the writer uh, whose name (laughs) I'll get here. So Frank uh, Sherman, who was mostly a, a TV writer before that, 
Columbia came to him and they were like, make us a movie that is like Star Wars and like Excalibur, which were two huge hit movies at the time. So Dang. basically they were like, we want like medieval swashbuckling, but we also want like a space alien movie with like laser. Yep. It was like, okay, here's Kroll. There you go. That's Kroll. And the music which tells you that immediately. When the oh. movie starts and you get the like Star Wars slash alien like ship crawl, um, which is a good one. Yeah. Um, the yeah. music is like, it starts out with like eighties, like synthesizer, like space music. And then it's just full, like Renaissance fair slams into it. And that's the musical theme. They just like give I it did, to you. I did like the music throughout. I really did. I was expecting it to James go. Horner. The top. Like, James Horner did the music. Yeah. It was, it was very, it was, it, it was not cheesy for, for a movie made in 83. I thought it was like spot on and, and held up well over a period of time. I love the music, but I got to say, it is so, I don't know, sound quality. Obviously, we're watching on YouTube, so it's not that great. <laughs> so much louder than the fucking dialogue. Like, every time it would be like, so we're going to go save the prince. Bum, yeah. <laughs> but also, <laughs> the, also, the music is so over the top that sometimes it actually doesn't fit what's happening. Some Like, there right. were that mountain climbing montage in the beginning when he's going Loved to it. the glaive. Oh, yeah. No, great. And, With yeah. the rock slide. And it yeah. goes on for... Like that montage could have been cut in half. It goes on for like 15 so, minutes or something. Mike, uh, like nailed it on the head. I thought like you could have trimmed 20 to 30 minutes of this movie just by cutting unnecessary shots from like sequences that didn't need it. And I think it would have made the movie better, even though I do really love it. It drags. They like, they put everything they spent money on into this movie. You can, they're like, if we spent money on a special effect, it's going in the movie. It doesn't matter. We're just getting that shit in there. But we're not going to spend any money on backstory at all. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't need, I don't need backstory. Even with, yeah. even with all the stuff they had, I still felt like there were hours that they probably could have put into the movie of like Look missing scenes. Scene. Look at the first, the first thing. The ship lands, boom. The guys come out with road flares. And they're running around with the road flares. And I think they look cool as shit, by the way. I love it. It does look cool as shit. <laughs> the slayers. They're like, yeah, the they're, so they're like alien slayers. insects. Five they're seconds, alien insects, like, like inside men suits. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I have so many questions about the slayers. They're, they're like, yeah, they're squids that come out. And like, apparently they brought horses with them. Oh, the and spaceship. Every time die, that scream haunts my dreams in my childhood. Oh, my God. That scream yeah, is so good. Like that scream. Oh. I, I was like, uh, I'm uh, definitely gonna drop the very a first thing. The very first thing I wrote was, I have questions about the Slayer's weapons, and I have a lot of questions about their weapons. Like, I can, wait, hold on. I, I have a lot of questions about <laughs> just the whole setup, right? The alien—it's the conquering alien invasion, right? That supposedly they just land on the planet in the first scene but then when they're talking to the cyclops or about the cyclops and they're like oh they made a deal with these people like and they're an ancient race that made a deal with them a long time ago so i'm like wait right. how long have they been here they're ahead of the whole aliens ahead of the curve they're, they did ancient <laughs> aliens before ancient aliens and they did like, they were like the troll the alien dudes they were there <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I made so it. The beast like, is playing some. They, they set it up like the beast is playing like this long game across the galaxy where this girl and this guy's child, the princess and the prince's child, is going to be like this 
chosen one who saves, who rules the galaxy. That's like the the prophecy in it. So, but yeah, I just like to point out that this movie tells you that in the beginning. What did you say, Dave? I said that's the funny part too. Like I get like it would be nice if they explain that and we're not having to analyze like why is that happening. We, they, well, they literally well, tell you that in like the third line of dialogue. Yeah, and then they don't talk about it again till the end. <laughs> but I, can I say something? I didn't even get that far because they called it the Black Fortress and it was red. <laughs> it was not red. It was, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I had a weird print of the movie, but most of the insides red. Not a lot of the oh, outsides, yeah. re- like, not a lot, yeah, a lot of the outsides black. The Did that inspire the Dark Crystal? Because that looked a lot like the Dark Crystal Castle. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought this movie honestly I I thought it was really good the produ- like it was done by people who are good at making movies like the production's good the the green some of the green screen like looks dated because of like they didn't get like the edges of their of like the figures so there's like that weird glow but like the backdrops look awesome they built that fucking castle set because they're sticking cameras everywhere on that thing there's like cameras in every nook and cranny of that so, so this was like shot on a sound stages or something in at the double yeah. um studios. But can I say uh, they spent a lot of Ken Marshall's abs after he loses the girl and <laughs> comes and he cries for like two seconds. Yeah. When he rolls over, he's got like those like Jesus abs, like <laughs> working out. And I couldn't figure out at first, are those leather pants or are those tights? But then I was like, oh, those are tights. Wait, no, no, nobody's sad um, about any of that. That two seconds of grieving is the most anybody grieves for anyone in this whole movie. The kid with the old man, their dad, he's like, nobody cares. Can I just play this one scene, which uh, this is the scene when they first meet each other. And they have like, she's so good. Oh my God. So they have the horniest dialogue for like a it's second great. here when they first meet. So I'm just going to play. She looks this. Like, like a doll. She does. So hang on here. I'm just going to play this one when they first meet. It's the best 80s dialogue. Chris Pratt. And, and then I like how, she's not bugged out at all. I like how Colwyn, like, uh, there's this moment where they're just like, um, I chose wisely. And he's like, uh, yeah, I chose wisely too. And then she's like, I heard your journey was hard. <laughs> he was like, oh, yes. oh, hard. I've chosen well. So have I. Uh, your journey was hard. But necessary. She's like, your cock looks really good right now. <laughs> the best part of it is his, his outfit is like a chest hair set of armor. It's like armor, but it's going to let the chest tear out, too, at the same time. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's unbuttoned down to his navel. It's the worst designed armor in the world. Ress <laughs> <laughs> looks like she went to Studio 54 and then came and shot the movie. And they were like, we're just going to dance our way through this thing. But I love that. So, like, but after... So like, I have a question. Go ahead. I have a question for you guys. Since we, since we talked about like the timing of the movie, if you were going to cut a scene... I have my own answer for this, but I'm curious for you guys. If you're going to cut a scene just wholesale from the movie to cut to make the running time a little bit more fluid and fast, what scene would you cut from the movie? Because they pile a lot of shit into this movie. There's a million different sequences. Let's go in order, Mike. So I wouldn't cut any specific scene. I would just make a lot of these scenes way shorter, like the yeah. mountain climbing scene. Like he climbs that mountain in like real time. It like really <laughs> takes him. <laughs> 
<laughs> hours to get to the top of this mountain. I thought it was refreshing though. Based off of this. Yeah, I thought it was refreshing in like post. We're, I feel like we're still in post Lord of the Rings like fantasy filmmaking, and sure. everybody just does those sweeping helicopter shots, like a fifty million dollar like straight to video Vin Diesel movie he makes for pocket change has helicopter shots in it. I thought it was refreshing to watch a movie where all like the beautiful scenery is still like you're just, the camera just sits there and you get to like, just watch these people walk across <laughs> like some forest or some mountain and whatever. And you just see it. I, I enjoyed that. I know it's slow. And I would cut I it have, what about you, Dave? Which, uh, my, go ahead, Solo. What scene would you cut? Yeah, no, I was gonna say, I have it five different points in my four pages of notes, like awesome scenery shot exclamation point. Yeah. Like it's right. really where, where was it shot? People that did their homework on the movie where I don't know. It feels like something like that. Uh, I, that's yeah. one thing I can't find. No, no. Planet Kroll. Right, so, the awesome planet. The scene Kroll. I would have cut, and I, I brought up, I brought up the topic cause I want to talk about it. The scene I would have cut is the swamp ambush. And I have a lot of reasons why a, I think you could have, you could have the scene where the, where the, the blind dude gets killed anywhere you want. So it doesn't have to happen there. B, I think having the slayers in the swamp is stupid. It makes no sense. And you didn't have to, like, when you're in the swamp, you expect there's going to be some kind of, like, swamp creature or something. That's what a fantasy movie would do. And this movie is not trying to reinvent anything. Like, and also, like, it's just dumb. Like, there's no consequence of the scene. A guy dies who we've never even seen before. And then we're like, oh, that guy who's part of the team is dead. And he's, and it's stupid that he's dead because they could have just, he could have grabbed anything. Like, he was floating there. It, yeah, it was dumb. Like, so that whole that whole sequence gone, and it doesn't change the movie at all. I agree with you on that. I, I will Let's just for sake of argument, it helps develop Ergo's character because he saves the kid in that scene. So he winds up bonding a little bit with the kid because he saves his Ergo. Life. Oh. And even the Cyclops, the, the, the magnificent the wizard, is right, Ergo. Right. The guy from I, I wrote fake. I wrote fake Michael Palin. The dad. <laughs> the, he's the teacher from Willy Wonka, where he like gives Charlie grief oh. because he only bought so, candy bars. Oh, nice. The whole tracking and taming of the fire horses felt like it went on for 20 minutes. Wrong. Yeah. You're wrong about that. Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> you want, you want to watch men just jump on horses bareback and you know fall how crazy off for that 20 minutes? Is? They were all doing that. That was nuts. It was like extravagant. They were like wrangling horses. I think the stunts, I try to remind myself that obviously this is before CGI and all that sort of stuff. And I, I really do appreciate all the stunts. I would have cut out probably one or two of the princess in the fucking vagina castle. <laughs> it looked like a fucking anatomy thing. And it was pretty cool. I mean, I really did like it. I like being in that castle. Yeah, I like being there. Super trippy. You know, yeah. it was like she loved it. Dave, she was running around it. smiling and like yeah. skipping. The black fortress <laughs> that is red. Also, Beyonce <laughs> asked, "Where are all the women in this movie?" There's one that runs around in hills, heels for like an hour and a half. Yeah, and there's there's Liam Neeson's wives at the campfire. All of well, them. Who's one or two? <laughs> that was another one of my favorite scenes where the, the one was fake. She was like uh, under the control. Yeah, right, she was so a the, plant. So but. the beast, the beast's genius plan is to <laughs> make her jealous of him by being like, "Oh, look at your man, he's cheating on you." But then, like, she <laughs> it, like totally backfires because he's like, uh, "I already got a girlfriend to yeah. that woman," and then she's like, 
I love you and I'll, I died for you because I felt, wow, that was like. You know, for like the change only knew him for like two minutes or whatever. Like, she's like, right. within a span of a half an hour, I have fallen madly and deeply in love with you. Right. I'm, she just respected the hell out of him. Because he's just such a nice guy. He's got such he's pure. strong abs and chest hair. Well, so yeah, I, I wrote, she, she's like running with this band of thieves. I'm sure they have like not very good hygiene. I'm sure they're all like <laughs> cracking dirty jokes and being dicks the whole time. And then finally she meets this nice guy who's like a really good sword fighter, really in shape. And like treats her really nice. And then she's like ready to run away with him. <laughs> she's like, oh no, wait, I'm, I made a deal with the beast and my hand turns into all like spindly. And the I beast is everywhere. <laughs> in the beginning when all the the slayers were doing like their let's go fist pumping in the opening montage there's one dude who like clearly was just exhausted at the end of the day but he happens to be in the front of the shot and his fist bump sucks and his whole body he turns and like does like a uh, right in front of the camera <laughs> and they just left it and you know he's in costume so he can't see his face but his body language says it and then i what was the other thing oh um <laughs> when they do the fire ceremony at the end in front of the beast you know they do like the marriage ceremony again when they when his when he picks up the fire, they do like a snap zoom on the beast, and the beast is just like what? <laughs> it's just like insane comedy out of nowhere. The rest of the movie didn't feel like that, though. I didn't think it was like hilariously bad. They, I feel like no. they didn't really have a plan for the beast, and they were really just kind of like as it went along. Because for the first half of the movie, you don't see this thing, and he's like a random entity or like a hand coming out of the ground or like a crazy eye. And, you're, and they're like, what are we going to do with this thing? What is he going to be? And by the end of the movie, they're like, I don't know, get the Swamp Thing costume from down the hall. <laughs> I just, thought an alternative... <laughs> in that. I thought an alternative the movie should just be called Huzzah. Because that's like <laughs> the way the prince was with everything. I, and I kept saying, like, wow, this, things really work out for this guy. Like, like he's, yeah. um, he's struggling. He it's, doesn't uh, really struggle that hard. The yeah, worst thing that happens to him is in the beginning, he gets right. like shot by one of those spears and in then the shoulder. In the shoulder. Show his abs, and course. then the rest of the movie, it's like everyone dies around him. They like him. He doesn't give him too much reason to like him. I mean, there's that whole speech he gives to the the uh the merry band of bandits who he's just like, Do it for your children. So charismatic. I like that. that. I thought he was charismatic too. I wrote that yeah. um I like I like a brave, confident dummy in the lead. If mm-hmm. in a de- like in, in a destiny story, like I was, I compared it to like Luke Skywalker and Flash Gordon because clearly that's like where they got the character from. And like, like in Flash Gordon and Star Wars, when they go through their trials, it's like really hard for them psychologically. Like Flash Gordon has to defeat fear, or you think of Dune, the same thing. Like you got to stick your hand in that thing, and if you're afraid, you die. The Ganja um, Bar. Luke has to right. Luke has to confront Vader, like, in the swamp and, like, the fear. This dude, our boy, um, Colwyn, Colwyn or whatever, just flies through life, like, willy-nilly. Like, he's a rich kid. He's handsome as oh. hell. He's charismatic. And how about this? He's he athletic. Scales a, he scales a mountain with no info, by the way. Bearded guy does not give him any details. Walks into a cavern with flowing fucking lava. <laughs> and his first instinct it just is in. to stick his hand in, in it. <laughs> he like, rolls yeah, up his sleeves. He doesn't even hesitate. <laughs> the wizard was like, "It's it'll be fine for the right person." 
Unless it's not. <laughs> I love how sticker. I mean, like, you know, he doesn't try like to fish it out with his sword first, or like maybe like throw a rock in there or something, <laughs> or like a bird. Like, he just like, nope, I'm sticking my hand in this fucking lava, and I'm so, grabbing so, it. So the wizard says to him, right. Dave's right. The lizard says to him, it'll go to the right person. And he was just like, that's me. It's totally me. That's me. I'm the right guy. I'm He's the, like, I'm I'm the right guy. Is it gonna be? Sure. I'm the fucking king. <laughs> yeah. I want a follow-up. I want to know about their kid who's gonna take over the galaxy or rule the galaxy. Dude, I want I, I want call call a prequel and a sequel. I want like history. Yeah. I want I want establishing storylines. So also there's a nice little other factoid about the movie the voice of lissa is overdubbed by this actress lindsey krauss who was like uh paul newman's girlfriend in Slapshot. so <laughs> lissette anthony who plays lissa wait is what in- movie were you in that's interesting like hey we're at a party <laughs> oh yeah i was in a movie once really what were you i was paul newman's girlfriend Slapshot. <laughs> Slap shot. She's in a bunch of the insider. She's in like a bunch of she was married to David oh, Lynn for a while. So oh, okay. She, so she so the, the producers of the movie were like, This actress can't have an English accent. Like this woman is obviously super hot, but she has an English accent. We want to make her sound but more an English cool. accent in fantasy movies is everybody wants an English fucking accent. Yeah. The rest of the band and Mary Men are all English fucking actors. You have angry. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't doesn't her dad have an English accent? The guy that's like yes. fighters make bad husbands, isn't he deliver that in an English accent? I I love <laughs> Alan Alan Armstrong in this movie. The guy who plays the leader of the, the bandits. Oh yeah. He's great. He's so good. He's uh, and I like that there's a moment when he kind of like loses his cool. He, he like gets really far in the quest with the king. And, and, uh, and there's a part when they're in the, when like the, when like the palace is falling apart and they find, they find the blood trail that they think is the wizard and the boy. And he's like, no, let's just get out of here. And he like, yeah. and he like that, it takes that long for him to lose his cool. But I like that this this movie had little moments like that that make it fun to watch. I thought like when the bad guys do their little like Nazi march, like there's two parts in it where they never turn around and walk away. They always walk backwards slowly and they retreat. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna back away. <laughs> the tiger. Yeah, when they see the tiger, it's because they're 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 squids in a skin suit and they don't quite have the motor controls down. And they're just they're basically like joysticking their way through these hallways. That's the only scene in the movie where the wizard, where uh, I, I guess he's a wizard, the the dude, the fake Michael Palin, actually hurt somebody. Remember they said early in the movie, there's like three elderly, like wise characters in this movie, so it's hard to keep track. But the, the old dude said that the hill people can't hurt anyone. So I think that right. was supposed to be like a big deal. Yeah. He, when he turns into the tiger and he awesomely like rips the head off of that slayer. I don't um, really got he killed somebody. Can we can we talk about his entrance scene real quick when he just like yes. flies in like oh, a fucking comet and both and both oh, Colin yeah. and bearded guy are like ah look at this this guy right here they don't look even care <laughs> like look at this this just happened how about this guy it's like it's totally normal that they just they just exploded behind them he's like I'm gonna turn you into a goose and the dude's just like all yeah, right whatever buddy like you just saw this guy flying out of the comet <laughs> like if somebody made that kind of entrance I feel like they'd take it more seriously but they're well, just they like yeah <laughs> this guy. Normal to the prince guy, okay? Everything's normal. Everything is, hey, do you want to come and have an adventure? I'd love to have yeah. an adventure. Yeah. Hop on my horse. Ride me bareback. 
It just doesn't, like, honestly, Dave, you know what I learned about myself? You know what I learned about myself from that same point is that that's all I need for a plot. I really don't need plot or story at all. I'm not interested in it. I just want, give me like more, give me enough good scenes that I'm feeling happy. And I'm pretty good. Like the plot of this movie is completely irrelevant. It's just, we spent all our money on these sets and these costumes and we got to get our money's worth for this shit. That's why it's two hours long. The concept is solid and it just slowly, like painfully falls apart as things go along because I feel like they were just trying to like write it as they were shooting it. And they're yeah, just, I like really the, They're like, we gotta wrap like, it up, man. Yeah, I feel like once they got inside the fucking fortress, it was they, it was like over. They like had to have an emergency meeting. They're like, what do we do now? Yeah, <laughs> they're, like, the black like, they're in the fortress. Is, How do we end this? The outside black, <laughs> dude. Come on. No, there was yeah. kind of red though. <laughs> it was also kind once of once you get inside, it's like plaster white. So maybe it, it really used matter. to be like maybe it's flying through space a lot and it used to be really black but did you guys did you notice space. there was a waterfall in there in the yeah. fortress no. like, nice like that's his like little, that's the beast like little zen garden he goes there to like yeah. out at the end of a day of conquering <laughs> with planets layers with claw beaten. chairs hey everybody which i did uh, like like time to turn off (laughs) it should be noted that like in the middle of this very like eight early 80s fantasy epic they just throw these like two minute sequences of like dario argento movies in whenever they go inside the black fortress and it's just like fucking weird and psychedelic there's like the like beast like eyeball and close-up teeth in it and that awesome shot where, like, she's, like, in darkness, except she's standing inside a, like, giant carnival eyeball or something. And, like, I, I, and then it just, like, slows zoom. Yeah. It's awesome. And at it's the end, so too. so wild and surreal. That same, that? Eyeball at, that same eyeball at the end when they, like, zoom out. Right. It's so cool. With the blue spark shooting out that, like, hit the camera, which is, oh. like, crazy. Like, some of it felt, like, like very, like, 1970s movie making. And I, and I really like well, that. It was directed by uh, what's his name, Peter Real Yates. Bullet. He directed Bullet. Yeah, oh, he directed Bullet. Yeah, he directed Bullet. And this apparently was a movie. So they came to him to direct it, and he jumped at it because he was tired of making movies that were so realistic that he had to like overly research them. So he would yeah. love to make. He was loved making this movie where he could just like make shit up and be like, it's fantasy. So just whatever. <laughs> but by making shit up, you mean they just stole from anywhere they could like blatantly yeah. with no, with no qualms about it, which I love. I appreciate that. They're just like Cyclopses are cool. Flying horses are cool. Uh, spaceships are cool. Stormtroopers are cool. So just to jump right in it, the quote game that we can start with. <clears throat> Who said the following? Good fighters make bad husbands. Oh, I know. Dad. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Lannister. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, actually, that's a good. All right, it? here we go. Next one. Fame is an empty purse. Oh, the, that's the a head dude. The the, the bandit can't dude. The head bandit. Yes, uh, correct. Torkel. His name is Torkel. I'm looking up Torkel. Torkel. That would be played by Alan Armstrong. Yes, Torkel. great in this movie. All right. <clears throat> a porn Torkel. Like power is stronger than love. 
The Beast. The Beast. <laughs> there you go. The I beast. just watched this movie like a couple hours ago. It's fresh on my mind. Yeah. <laughs> my journey ends here. Oh, I wrote Cyclops. that one down. Cyclops. No. Cyclops does not say that. Hagrid. Cyclops says right. he just kind of like it's a very painful looking scene where he dies getting squished because he leaves where he's supposed to die and comes yeah. and meet them and has a painful death instead, which is what the bearded guy says happens if they disregard the time of their death. Oh. So who, wait, what's the answer to your question? To your quote, who said it? Liam Neeson says Liam Neeson. that as he yeah. just dies quickly uh, on the floor oh. when they write him out in like five minutes. No, you're, journey. you're wrong. I wrote it down. He says, "Now, no, here's where I stay. That's his death quote. Or is that a different wow, part of the I scene? thought it was my journey ends here. And then he says, come on. And he's like, no, it might be. Might have oh, oh there you go. That's it. Because I wrote down that there's so many good death lines in this movie. There's yeah, that there one. Where, and then I like that when the king, when, the, when uh, the old wise man dies, he goes, the races run. And then just like disappears. Everybody gets a good death line. Yeah, let's talk about the old man's death. It was completely unnecessary for a second. Like, oh, why, why did he him? have to die? It's karma it. because he didn't help in the swamp, in the stupid swamp scene when everybody else was making a human bridge out to the water. Dude was just standing there like, I'm not getting shit on my robes. That's you know, exactly that's what he's doing. Bad karma. Retreats for them to do that in quicksand. That's like a standard. It's like a trust fall to make a human daisy chain and get in there and save like Frank. Like, you know, <laughs> don't they do that in the real estate world? Right? <laughs> Trust falls? Trust falls is quicksand. And then whoever is the CEO plays Ken Marshall's part and he gets to wear the same outfit. And they're like, let's do it, guys. Our 401ks are going to be really strong. Human <laughs> <laughs> real estate. <laughs> when was the last time you had an office job, Dave? Oh, man. Nobody knows. I was like, no, I feel like realtors doing trust falls would be a disaster. I have another good quote. Solo, our minds think alike. I have another good quote. I need weapons, not symbols. Uh, that's, that's also Torkel. No, it's not Torkel. Is it Colwyn? It's Colwyn. Yes. When the he tells him about hero. the, the no, glaive. Like, when dude tells him about the glaive. When, Which, when the, the Cyclops has to stay back, and this actually made me laugh, and the, um, the sorcerer turns around him and goes, we had no time. And I said, nobody <laughs> in the movie had any time. I didn't even know where half these fucking people came from. Yeah, He's but at that point, I'm like, you had an hour and a half, dude. I mean, well, you yeah. had a lot of time, actually. Yeah. Like, most movies in your genre are over by now. You had a ton of time. I know. I could have gotten to know Cyclops more, I think. His, that actor clearly could not see anything because there's a scene in the, at the end of the swamp battle when they finally talk to Cyclops and uh, Coleman like, goes to give him a handshake and Cyclops like clearly just does like a, I don't really know where I'm reaching. I'm just hoping to hit your hand. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, that's right. And he shakes his hand. <laughs> and the other guy like, got it. I got you, buddy. Like His face is so covered. Oh, oh the, fi- the final quote that I found. Final. Small men need big names. <laughs> oh, that's... Uh... <laughs> my porn. That's, that's Ergo. Sorcerer. That's the sorcerer. Ergo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know that. What about the poor man's Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the merry band of... <laughs> yeah, I noticed that guy. I was wondering who oh, he looked so like. Oh, so that guy is a really famous like soap nope. star yeah. in England. He's on a show called EastEnders, which is a British soap uh, yeah. opera. Oh, yeah, he was Tom really Cardi, pretty. I think, is his name. 
And his character's and, name Oswin. They just gave everybody, like, uh, Lord of the Rings names. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The dude who's got the mustache and looks like, like, like some kid's dad that you grew up with in Jersey, since we all grew up in Jersey, that's um, Robbie Coltrane, a.k.a. Hagrid from Harry Potter. Right, right, yeah. yeah. He had oh, that... shit, the guy, the guy that takes the, the laser to the stomach on the castle yep. and dies there, yeah. So quickly. He has my, so... my favorite line in the whole movie. He goes, can a man even talk to himself without being interrupted? That's a great <laughs> fucking line. I love oh, that that's line. that's right. Because he's, like, bitching about something. He's like, oh, Right, he's, like, talking, he's West. bitching to himself. All right, how about horses on fire and riding them? That seems great. I, was I could watch that. I, I want that to just be, like, a projection I use for parties or something. Of just, like... Yeah, like once whole, they got on the horses, it was awesome. That whole sequence of them, like, tracking the horses down and trying to tame them, I felt like was awful. That's what I was saying I, before. I, I'm on the other side of this. I thought that sequence was really exciting, maybe just because of like how fucking dangerous and careless it was, the way they shot it. They were just like in the middle of like, there's one of the actors is like in between like five horses stomping around on uneven, rocky terrain. Like you could never, and it was like the lead actor. It wasn't even a stunt guy. It was One guy jumps off a rock like 15 feet in the air on the back of a horse. And he misses. (laughs) And bounces off. He bounces off and lands on rocks. And he got up and he's like, I'm all right. Fuck I'm good. You get extra overtime. I was just like, what do you, you guys look like a bunch of assholes right now. <laughs> like, this is the, this is the band of heroes. This is, it, gonna... it worked. Anytime this plot gets in trouble, all you have to do is turn around and go, huzzah. And it's. And... <laughs> the Cyclops twice stays behind just so he can change his mind like an hour later and then have to race to catch up and, and save somebody. He does it on purpose. But also, I think this is a good, the sign of a good fantasy movie or sci-fi or something like that. So every time they're just like, what do we do next? They just come up with something awesome. Like, that's the way the whole movie was. It was just like, all right, we'll show you the Slayers. Well, they're fucking awesome. They shoot like laser beams and stuff. Okay, what are we doing next? It's like, okay, we just get a bunch of bandits and robbers. We climb a mountain. Find a boomerang. We go on a swamp. Quicksand. Check. Right. Yeah. It's like, there's um, oh, we don't. That wizard died. We're gonna find another wizard. Oh wait, there's check. A, that wizard died. We'll go to the giant spider lady. Giant fish. spider out of nowhere. It's like, how are we gonna get to the castle? Fire horses that fly. Fire horses flying. Just fire like, horses. They like one up everything very nicely in this whole movie. There was movie. so like, much nice. I, I so picture like a jerk. It's like a Chimino film. They were just like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they put everything on screen, everything. And yeah. then the spider, I thought, which is really funny, was... Spider was amazing. Everything gets all crazy, and you're kind of trying to follow the story. And then suddenly someone slowed down and was like, no, that's not how the spider's going to move. Oh, wait, hold on. Can we, let's, let's focus yeah. in. Let's dive into this scene a little bit I, from like a logical yeah. standpoint. Not, not, not in the least the fact that Bearded Guy gets to the middle. It's his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> and she's like, I had your baby. And he's like, oh, crap, I didn't know. And then her next line is, I killed it. And his reaction is, that makes sense. <laughs> it's my so, fault. Like, it's I, my fault. Yeah, he's like, I get that. I totally he's see like, that. She says, I killed this baby because I couldn't kill you. Yeah, I know. And he's, and he's just like, like well, I get that. <laughs> but you would not stay with me. There were responsibilities, duty. Ambition. You 
had a son. We had a son. But you said nothing. Where is he? I killed him when he was born. And this is my punishment. My son. Yes. Since I could not kill you, my rage needed a victim. I know you can never forgive me. I cannot forgive myself. I have already forgiven you. You can never forgive a woman who has killed your son. If I had not, could I see you now as I saw you then? Yeah, that whole thing was amazing. Yeah, but Everything about that made no sense, and it was awesome. When she says, yeah, I, like, I couldn't have killed you, it's almost like his dialogue is like, it's okay, kid. I totally get it. I explained it like they're hundreds of years look. old and they've seen so much shit that they're like, eh, who am I to judge? Yeah. What's what's another kid in all this? That looks this, like a hundred really? years yeah. ago. Like you know, right. You know. <laughs> time heals all wounds. But then she's you know, she's had a lot of time to think about it because she's been stuck in this spider web sitting. I don't know what the hell she does. She just like put it in there. that hourglass up and down all day. And that's like her form of entertainment. But yeah, they so kind wait, of show happens? you at the end that when the spider destroys it, the spider like starts shredding it. Like we're all going down here. The but that's because down. she gets rid of the sand. She gives it to him. Right? Uh, right. And then he takes the sand and it runs out and he dies instead of her. Well, I don't like, understand I don't, that. Like why he, did he die? It's not his sand. He had a good 1970s actor's death. By the way, because that's right. Oh. The the race is run. Um, um, I was gonna say I think it's because like she. I thought she said something about like someone can only leave this lair one time and all the magic is, is like over. That was kind of how yeah, I. That still doesn't like, explain why he has to die though, because he gets out of there. Because the sand keeps the spider from killing him. Is it a curse? <laughs> that's. I'm but just that- saying, like. I don't know, man. Because yeah, frozen yogurt is also cursed. I'm I'm asking too many questions. Obviously, I don't know where they where were they going with that. Again, it's pro- it's part of this guy, you know, <laughs> Colwyn asking a lot of people really to like really do a lot for him, and he's yeah. not really doing too much for. He's like right. fine. He really. Oh, I'm, I'm going back. Yeah. To, Speaking of which, back to the swamp. Gets, I'm going back to the swamp here because because I'm obsessed with the swamp scene because I think it sucks. The uh, <laughs> at the end of the swamp scene when they're ready to roll, he, he tells Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt kid, "You stay back in case we're being followed." He's like, "You just stay here. We're all even." And he's like, "I got you, man." He's like, "I got you." And then the Cyclops is like, "No, I got it. I got it, man." But he's gonna leave like the 12, the 15 year old kid. In Death Swamp, full of like uh, players that are on their way back, and he's just gonna leave them there just to cover their ass. Like, next he, he made a quick calculation seconds. and he was like, Who's the weak link on this team? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, You, you, uh, you, you bring up the rear. There you go. He's better not doing much, really, anyway, for us. That, that tiger they used was Doc Antle's uh, from Tiger King's Tiger. Like, tiger. Oh, wait, so the tiger. 
that the tiger had the magnificent turn some of the extras. Was it, Mike? I want you to go back and tell me when you go back in your on your rented copy. Was the was the tiger like really with that kid in that scene? Yes, dude. There is a scene where the tiger is laying his head in the kid's yeah, lap. Like, and I saw kid. that, and I was like, "Whoa, what?" That the was hell? some second unit day where they just had the tiger all day, and they were trying to get the tiger to lie in the kid's lap, and they're just like, "Bye, tiger." Tranquilizer, can we give this tiger before it kills him? I don't know. They had the. Shoot that scene first, and whichever kid survived got to be the kid for the rest of the movie, which is why he's got that stupid haircut, which I hate. I have, I have notes that about that. I was like, tiger's head in kid's lap. What? Right. <laughs> is my note. That was not a special effect, as far as I could tell. That was straight up a tiger on a kid. They had, yes. Between that and the reckless horse treatment, like pulling horses down the side of mountains and shit, this movie could never get made today, ever. No, that bank of tiger scene <laughs> inspired Hunger Games right there. They just kept going. <laughs> I actually have a list of moments of movies. Even when I, this one came out in 83. So I was like, oh, wow. So were these other movies inspired by this movie at all? I feel like there's a Goonies moment, but with grown men. I feel like there's a Star Wars moment. I feel like there's an Indiana Jones moment. I feel like there's a Secret of Nim moment. There's, I mean, the riding of the horses, a never-ending story might have taken that with the Falcor thing. They I think that was after this. I think Neverending yeah. Story was definitely after this. I think Neverending yeah, Story was a lot of borrowed mythology from that time. So, like you know, it's every, everybody did. It's cool. So most of these movies are after. So, what do we think? Speculation? Do you think this inspired anyone? Well, not Star Wars or Indiana Jones. Because <laughs> <laughs> this definitely copied That's those great. movies like hundred percent, including two guys with whips. All these movies are because of Star Wars. All those, all these like movies that we grew up on. Probably a significant number of movies that we will end up watching during this podcast were directly just funded because of Star Wars. And I guess Excalibur to a lesser extent, but Star Wars was what moved the needle. Okay. That was like everything's just going to be like yes. this is how we can make. Because remember, Lucas was inventing like how to make these movies too on a decent budget with like all the mo- miniature work and everything. Like they have a lot of like practical, old fashioned movie special effects in this movie especially with like the the sets and the the background well i think and i have to look that all the special effects the miniature models were done by the same people who did like jason and the argonauts and the seven voyages of that and empire strikes back and all these all these iconic movies like they're just which you know what i kind of wish that would come back because seeing an actual thing in a space as opposed to like something being a cartoon where the space has to be created around it. It's just like so much more satisfying. Like your brain it just is. like loves it more. But I have a question. Yes. Many questions about Hagrid and, <laughs> and that mustache. He had, he had another good line about like, all we got is rocks in our pockets and something. I forget. No, it's, I remember that line. It's from this journey. All we're going to have is rocks in our pockets and tombstones above our heads. And the, not bad. the king was like, oh, you, huzzah. <laughs> He's like, probably. Anyway, this He's way. Cool everything. <laughs> All his, of you his dad, except for me. <laughs> his dad's a big guy in politics, you know. He's cool with everything. Like, he knows the sheriff. Like, he's, he's never going to get in trouble. He's cool. He's good with it. All right, so wait, He's got I feel you. like this is, this is the million-dollar question, right? The fucking glaive is on the cover of the movie box. 
It is the symbol of the movie. It's on his It's a necklace. brilliant cover. He, he reaches his hand into lava to pick this thing up and doesn't flinch. He doesn't even take it out of his pocket until the last scene of the movie. For a fucking hour. <laughs> well, there's... They, they, there's he's not and this to. Is, old, old guy like, tells him... Don't, old guy tells he's him like, you'll know when, know. you'll know when you need to use right. it. And yeah. so, but he, he doesn't think like the firefight in the swamp would have helped there, maybe, or like it wasn't the know, right was, like, time. A of, <laughs> After all your buddies died, like so, yeah, yeah, like when you're trying to when you're pinned down on the side of the black fortress and there's and no way in. Gordon Levitt is like, trying to jump on a horse from a hundred feet. Yeah, <laughs> you don't think at any of these points, headstrong guys like ah, let me whip out my razor boomerang and see what this thing does. I, I like, have a question. So the fast talky stuff. So how I guess it's just a style of the movie then. But I noticed like they all talk like a 1930s talky very fast. And I'm talking to you right now. No time for grief, boy. Get up. Suck a dick. Move on. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and um, what I thought that, was... Is that a thing? <laughs> Did they say that in the army? <laughs> That's my quote. But they... Um, <laughs> They were saying, I, I, a lot of the music strangely reminded me of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Mixed with, and, with, with uh, Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought it, with this movie, with the way that sometimes it disconnects, that you could have dropped in the whole musical theater scene from Camelot into the movie, and I wouldn't have noticed. If they were all just like suddenly like, well, the Knights of the Round Table. I don't know. I was going on a quest. They're, um, they're a, all on a quest together. <laughs> so, so you guys led me back to the swamp again because I have a big question I need to ask. Swamp. Why do the Slayer weapons not penetrate small dead trees? If you're getting shot at, you got to have something to hide behind. Unless, like, no, nobody's. And, and second of all, nobody's really wearing armor. Let's be yeah. honest. They they know it's like cotton vests. They got a lot of they're nice not. leather. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not like putting on like sheets of metal and trying to deflect these things. Which they, they like, the oh, the they got me through my undershirt. Which <laughs> the pants? They the pants these weapons that, are super powerful. <laughs> the pants that Colwyn is wearing, by the way, are look like they're literally from like a Halloween costume. Uh, <laughs> they're a pirate Halloween pirate. costume. Pirate. Yes, it's a pirate <laughs> Halloween costume. Like like slutty pirate costume. <laughs> <laughs> or like some like somebody who works at like the sexy version of Long John Silver's. <laughs> <laughs> sexy version of John Silver. What know is that? Like, what do they sell there? I don't know, like uh, <laughs> shrimpies or something. I'm picturing like a strip club meets Red Lobster. And it's the strangest <laughs> thing I've ever. I would go there, and I yeah, think I would go there too. In, in Philippines, New Jersey. No one can probably down there, public. down now around there. <laughs> I like fried shrimp, man. I'll go there. Fresh, fresh, fresh shrimp, sure. So, <laughs> come, come, come to sexy Long John Silver's near on Boulevard. Oh, <laughs> Long John just, Silver's. We I like serving drinks know? and Panzerottis. The <laughs> 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 lap dance in a foot long. <laughs> okay, all right, I got this. There was a nice moment. There's a nice moment in the movie that I really appreciated when. What's the wizard? What's the wise old dude's name? Somebody help me out with that. Yenir? I just call him Beard Guy. Serious Beard Dude. Yeah, Nier. When you, when when he realizes when one. he's telling them that he has to go into like the spider's nest, and he kind of like argues against himself in uh-huh. front of um 
uh, Colwyn and Torkel. And he like, he's like, I got to go in there. And they're like, no way, there's got to be a better way. And then he like yells at himself. He's like, I'm here. I go on alone. I'm going with you. No. If two approach, she would certainly kill both. Alone, I may have a chance. Each to his feet, Colwyn. Yeah. Yes, each to his fate. You ha- Everyone's, no one's risk is any, or my risk isn't greater than any of yours. I'm going in anyway. And I like that. Like, he wasn't, he was just arguing with himself. It was like a little character. Good himself delivery, off. Josh. Yeah. It was good. Okay. I, I really appreciated that scene. That was a nice character detail. They didn't have to do that kind of stuff, but they did. They did a lot of that stuff. <laughs> That character detail. It's a good character. It's not. I agree. He knows that his ex is in there. You need the human human motivation. He doesn't want to go in there because of the history (laughs) with the Spider Woman. But he's like, he's like, all right, like everybody else is putting their lives on the line. I'm going in there. I'm going to die, but I have to do it. That's like he's telling himself it, dude. That shit's just as good as when Tom Hardy takes off his mask in Dunkirk and like realizes that he's not coming back. And you see it on his face. It's like the same thing. It's a good, you don't need backstory. It's just a good human moment. Tom, it's different. You're with Tom Hardy during the entire movie. He doesn't need to take his mask off through the events that they're explaining because you slowly start to realize who these people are. This guy looks like a fat guy who was hanging out at an English pub, came down from the mountains, found this guy, said, Hey, you got great abs. Come with me. Done. That's all I need. Yeah, but yeah, but, but this guy. This is the same guy. Yeah, no, exactly. This yeah. guy is the hundred of years old. And they abandon the whole narration, by the way. But at the beginning, he tells yeah, you I got straight you. up. He's like, "Oh, this prince is going to marry this princess, and they're going to have a kid. The kid's going to rule the world." I know this. I, that is a quote. He's like, "This I know," and he tells you the story. Well, the galaxy, says, dude. On the day of the galaxy, he's going to rule the galaxy. And then he yeah. goes on the quest. He was like, "I got this." Like he should be the most supremely confident guy there. Wait, he's like, "I mind. know this is going to happen." And then, of course, he's like, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know it's going to happen. So he's like, yep, yep, I got this. He's like, so what if I didn't get Obi-Wan Kenobi? I don't care. I got this. I'm totally going to. This is my totally. Yeah, I mean, like, that is like the total Obi-Wan Kenobi moment. But, like, everybody has, like, an Obi-Wan Kenobi moment because they're all like, I am dying for this handsome guy in these, like, slutty pants. In the beginning where... The king comes from riding, and they're like, we sent seven men, and all of them died, and we made it through, and your mother's a whore. And then he goes, <laughs> <laughs> and then the two kids get together, and the fathers come out, and they meet each other. He said, I didn't approve this marriage. And the other one says, neither did I. And then uh, Ken Marshall <laughs> says, we did it ourselves for our love. And then he runs up, and we have that like sexy 80s moment. Oh, yeah. But they also, another good moment, wait, a character moment, they give the princess a chance to say that she's like, no, I arranged this marriage because right. it's the benefit of our kingdom. She knows what know. she's doing. The princess yeah. is like confident and brave the whole fucking movie. She's skipping right. around the yeah. dark yeah. fortress like it's, like it's a flower garden in the spring. She's loving it. <laughs> he, like he rode through. He rode through the like the like the troll swamps and the like danger yeah. rocks and all that just to get some food. Man, he's he's like focused. He knows what he's doing. They lost three hundred right. men to get there. <laughs> this guy got three hundred men killed to go get his ass. 
But yeah. I, I thought the other not even in this, it's like that's the first thing. Like, I thought give me an army, give me an army, and I shall stop the slayers. And they're all just like, Yeah, okay, give them some more dude. <laughs> I thought the other king should have been more like, oh, like 300 guys? Holy shit. Like honestly, <laughs> that's a lot. That's like, like everybody. That's what, we had. <laughs> what exactly went wrong that you yeah. lost 300 guys? Yeah, he wasn't <laughs> he didn't like think that, that was weird at all. They need yeah. more tree stumps to hide behind. It's like, well, you're still wooden shield. Well, no, their tactics were awful. I noted that in my notes. Because when the, the Slayers attacked the castle, uh, the princess's dad, he's like, everybody get to the center of the room. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's terrible. <laughs> also, that's terrible advice. Also, they had, like, they the yeah, Slayers had laser. Like, the Slayers had lasers, and they had just, like, a bunch of swords. I know. Right. And he's like, everybody get in the middle of the room. Lysa <laughs> had that, like, that fancy guard who was leading her escape. And his entire, like, security measure was to pop his head into the door, look left and right, and be like, all clear, we're good here. <laughs> and, like, a room full of columns and, like, things to hide behind, he's just like, ah, we're good. And then they were hiding, like, he didn't know that they were hiding, like, right above, like, they were just staying, he didn't go, like, look out there, he's like, oh, yeah, this room has, like, a little overhang with the steps, I should probably go, like, look up there first. Wait, how many shots shots did players' weapons get? I thought it was two, and I wasn't sure. Two. It's one shot. No, no, you you get one shot, and they turn it over, and then it's the sword. It's one shot, I promise you. Because there's a scene when they're trying to scale the Black Fortress where the, the white-robed uh, clan guys are, um, are they like, they take a shot and then he steps away and another guy takes his place and takes a shot and they're like cycling. Right, through. right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so okay. first of all, how much do you think this movie was made for? Oh, I already know. Yes. Say. Then you can't answer. Forty-five. No. So did you say forty? It's like forty-five money. million. Forty-five dollars. <laughs> I'm 45. saying. I'm saying twelve million. No, it was made for twenty-six million. That was pretty close. Yeah. yeah. So, how much do you think that this movie made at the box office? Two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Little five hundred seventy-five thousand. It made more than two dollars from me alone renting no. it at like West Coast Video or whatever <laughs> when I was a kid. It made sixteen million dollars. Oh, hey. but but I bet uh, it, I bet it made up for it on video. No, it didn't. Uh, I don't think it ever really made back its money. But um, Columbia came out with like Karate Kid. I'm trying to remember the other movie it came out with like the very next year, and it just like made Karate Kid and Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Boom, boom. So they were like, take it. Yeah. Make it rain. All right, let's get to our final thoughts. Let's go around and just want to get your final thoughts on this movie. Like, Josh, does it suck now? I think that it, I enjoy, like I said before, I enjoyed it more on this viewing than I did the last time I saw it which probably wasn't that long ago, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, it does not suck now, is my reply to that question. In fact, it probably, in my wisdom and old age, is a more enjoyable movie than it was when I watched it the first time. 
Frank. That's what wrote on the back of the video cassette rental tape. That was real good. We can't go Josh, Josh back and back to back anymore. It's too confusing. All right, Dave. Yeah. yeah. All right. Throw a Dave in there. Um, uh, I, I'm going to say it on two levels. I do not think this movie sucks now, but I think you would have to explain it to a friend before you watched it <laughs> and not say, like, this movie is amazing. Yes. I would be like, you got to dispel some belief. Let's have a couple of drinks. You know, if, if you're into the heavier stuff, do whatever you got to do, but you're really <laughs> like that. <laughs> I agree. You know, like, I, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I still enjoyed it because there is that, that pinch of your, like, you know, childhood where I remember the hand into the lava and the fire horses and how utterly terrifying that, that whole fortress is. I mean, now all I see is a vulva and a vagina and them running around a big anatomy thing and in and out of things. And that's it's the Black Fortress is Red. That's my, that's my title. My other new title for the movie is uh, What Can't This Guy Do? Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> um, a lot of titled Huzzah. Huzzah. <laughs> a lot of movies in the 80s where What Can't This Guy Do? <laughs> all right, Mike. Uh, Sprague, you go. Uh, I'll go. Um, okay. I I love this movie. I think, other than the swamp scene, which I actually just really don't like. I might not have said that before. Um, <laughs> I hate the swamp scene. Because I, I, I think the editor, the editor doesn't help this movie. I agree with Mike that, like, there could have been a lot of cuts that would have made it a lot, like, have a lot more momentum. I think that's what it's lacking to make it, like, a true, like, missing gem that would maybe get to that level of awesomeness that Dave's talking about, where you can just like flat out say, this movie's awesome. Cause it drags a little bit, but if you're someone like all four of us are, who is like, like, Oh wait, there's a Cyclops, there's lightning swords. There's, there's like fire horses and there's a giant beast and a floating castle. Like we're already in. So if you're somebody who's already in on that shit, it's a pretty fucking great movie. It's like earnest and it's joyful and it's well-made. And I just, I just like it. I think it's awesome. Everybody's charming and fun in it. I'm all, I'm all in on it. All in. And he wears tights for the ladies. Yeah, yeah. slutty pants. <laughs> the ladies like him. The there, men like him. One Everybody woman, likes there's him. There's one woman in this movie, and there are no minorities. <laughs> yeah. so, if no we're looking at it from that modern way, that's true. Everyone's white as shit, and there's one woman. But I don't care. I don't think it matters in this movie because it's not about that. It's and just a fantasy. questionable wife, Liam Neeson's questionable whore wife. I'm not. Oh, right. Like, there are three yeah. women. I forgot. Like, One of them was yeah. Like, no. Yeah. There's the there's the Liam Neeson's wives. Right. 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 I forgot so, about that. I think I, when I they made that. this movie's perfect. <laughs> when they, I think when they tried to cast movies in 1983, it was like the complete opposite of now, where they would just be like, "Find me some Americans." Oh no, let's make it diverse. Find me also some English actors. <laughs> but we're gonna overdub your accent. Yeah. <laughs> so well, we're gonna, a we're don't... Hagrid has a mustache. That's diverse. That's diverse. That's like, diverse. You are yeah. Audio. You're the audio guy of our group. How, I saw a lot of ADR in this movie. Did you see so, it too? There is a shit ton of ADR besides like one whole character's lines being overdubbed by another person. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. When will... the wizard, when sorcerer is in the swamp, or I mean, not in the swamp, when he when he lands in that pool, like when he yeah. dives in, mm-hmm. they just could not. They must have captured nothing. And they were like, can you just do that whole scene in the studio later? <laughs> and they yeah. did. There's a lot of that going on. I, I will say the sound, I did notice the sound design in this movie was like particularly good. 
And it's particularly over the top, like just like the uh, score is, because the score is so intense for whatever's mm-hmm. happening. Because there's just there's a couple moments where they're where it's like Cohen and Lissa, like the prince and princess, just hanging out and like like they're in love. But like the music would have you you thinking that they're in a monologue is like, oh my fucking god, I fucking love this woman. I fucking love this guy so much. But it's like they're just walking, holding hands, or there's just like nothing particular happening. But the the score is just like. Well, I mean, there's only one quote to describe the movie. It's yeah. better than cats. Oh, most it, things are better, better than, than cats. cats. Yeah, that standard has changed dramatically since it was first used. But wait, Googs, so does it suck now for you? You know, from the minute, I would say it was like a little bit for me to like get going with this because of those long cuts. So I was immediately like that first scene, I was like, yes, uh, with all the the, uh, slayers riding around with the flares and everything. But it starts to slow down a little bit because there's just like a lot of just like boring talking. And then the mountain climbing scene, it's like, all right, we know he's the hero. Get to heroing. Like, right now, do some shit. And then, like, once he meets the the bandits, to me, it was like, all right, this movie fucking rules. And it just starts <laughs> going from there. Because, like, they start doing shit. There's magic. They meet a wizard and, you know, all, you all those tropes. Two wizards. There are a lot of wizards and a, and a whatever. By the way, that... All right, we got less than a minute. Mike, that apprentice... Take it home. That apprentice a little young, just saying. He's a little young for that wizard. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, so I, w- I do want to say, I think all of us voted that this movie does not suck now and would recommend it with the caveat that maybe you're with friends and you're having some drinks or, I don't know, what David, what you're implying, heroin maybe. Ketamine. Whatever you're into. LSD. <laughs> Man, this would be a great movie. we are i think we have four votes that you should watch this movie and just like suspend your belief for the time i i surprised myself i thought this i would hate it and i go see crawl (laughs) tell your parents go see crawl right now go see i I agree i would i would definitely recommend it to somebody it's it's a really for whatever flaws it's it's a very fun movie i enjoyed it me too all right, so we are called. What's our podcast called? Does it does it suck does it now? Suck now. Does it suck now. Does Episode now. one. Now. <laughs>